Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast, TCC, a home for you. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Happy Mother's Day online. Happy Mother's Day. Hopefully, maybe you got breakfast. Maybe you got breakfast. I didn't get breakfast in bed. It's okay. Well, I wanted to just say Happy Mother's Day to everyone, to all the moms, to all the moms that have mother's hearts. We know today sometimes can be joyful and exciting, and, but also sadness and disappointment. So sometimes Mother's Day can be hard for some ladies, and so we want to acknowledge that, but we do want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms and to all the moms who have mother's hearts, um, to all the women that have mother's hearts also. Um, so today we're going to go on a journey to the, together. Does that work? Yeah? Got your seatbelts on? Ready? Well, my grandmother used to say that I had a Cockney accent. So that is a type of British accent. And so there might be words that I say that you don't understand. Don't worry. We're all in the same boat with that. So just kind of nudge someone on your side and say, what did she say? That works. Or the thing I like is just find one of my kids and they'll translate for you. They've been doing it all their life. So, um, so does that work? So, okay. So today we're going to talk about a subject that gets me so excited. Um, you know that feeling on Christmas Eve, that excitement feeling that you have just waiting for Christmas. It's kind of like this. Right? Well, that's the excitement I have today talking about this subject. It is such a, um, a subject that's so close to my heart. It's the expectation of, of God, really. And so that's the journey we're going on today. So you ready? Here we go. Being a mother is so awesome. All the incredible things that mothers get to experience with your kids. You kind of grow up with them. You know, when they're little babies, you don't understand, you know, what's going on, and you're just kind of growing with them. You're learning with them as they grow. And so it's just so fun to see all your kids, whether you have one kid or 52, they're all fun and unique. I have three kids, and they are all unique. Even though they all grew up in the same household, they're all so different, though you see all their personalities coming out. Uh, the first one I have is Tyler. He's our oldest. There he is. Isn't he cute? So cute. The second one is Tori, and you've all seen her. Um, that basically is what she looks like now, too. You know, that's... That's just our story. And then our third one is our youngest is Toby. There he is. <laughs> and they're all so cute. Um, but with kids, as they grow, they bring bonus people with them. And so we have a bonus daughter, uh, McKenna. There she is. She's so sweet. So that's our kiddos that we have in our house. Um, it, there's fun. There's so much excitement and fun uh, because they are so different. Um, but with kids, you always have those high, joyful, excited moments, right? Like, 
it's like you're on a roller coaster. It's like, excited. You're so, it's fun. And then you get those scary moments when you're going down. You're like, get your hands up, you know. Amen. Right? So scary moments. So you got both. Well, as a mom, so um, my daughter went to college in Colorado. We moved, the rest of the family moved to Wisconsin. So we left her in Colorado by herself during college years. So one night, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call by a Colorado phone number. And I know the, you know the area code, so I know that it's a Colorado number, but it's not her number. So as any mother would do, when you know you have a college-age kid in a different state, at 3 o'clock in the morning, you answer this phone. And I'm like, hello, hello, scared to death, like, what's going on? She, it's her on the other end, these scary moments again. She was driving, and she hit black ice, and her car went over an embankment, and it went down into a frozen lake. Now, as she's going down in this frozen lake, she sees a frozen lake, and as my daughter is, she jumps out of the running car like a superhero, and she allows the car, and it goes onto the frozen lake, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff. But those scary moments, like... She's in Colorado, I don't know how many thousands of, maybe a thousand miles, I don't know, from her. I can't hug her. I can't pull her towards me. I can't say, honey, it's going to be okay, and hold her. Those scary moments. We had another one with um, Tyler, our oldest, playing football. We were up in the mountains of Colorado in Evergreen, and, you know, as a mom, cheering on the kiddos, yay, or we're freezing, but yay, and we're watching this game. I don't understand, I know a little bit about football, but I don't understand the whole plays and how they're set up and wide out and forth, through, what, I don't understand any of that. So I'm really just cheering on my son, because I'm watching him. And I'm watching this, and in one of the plays, you've seen this hit, and this kid goes down on the ground, and everyone's like, wow, who, what, is everybody, what, you know, all this murmuring. And that, to find out that it's Tyler. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my son. He's on the ground. Someone just laid on top of him and, and he's not moving. So then I'm even, so then I get the whole mom thing like, do I really rush the field? I could do that. I could rush the field if need be. But I'm like, yeah. Maybe in a couple years, he will hate me for that. So I won't rush the field. But I was scared because, again, I couldn't hold him. I couldn't see what was wrong. I couldn't take care of him. Those scary moments happen in our lives. We're, we're called. We're, that's, we're nurturers, right? We're protectors. That's, that's who we are. And so to have those moments that you're unable to be that, um, you kind of feel powerless. What do I do? How do I navigate through this situation when I don't have the power in the situation? Um, that's when we have to kind of lock into our eyes of faith, saying, God, I don't understand what's going on. My daughter is in Colorado. I have to have eyes of faith. I have to understand that you love her more than I do. And so my Faith in that is going to carry me through in this situation. 
God, I don't know. My son's on the ground. He's unconscious. They had to call the ambulance down onto the field. They had to put him on the stretcher and into the ambulance. God, I don't know what's going on. I have to plug in. I have to engage my faith, knowing, God, you love my kids more than I do. God always have that final word in our lives. He has a final word in our family's lives and in our kids' lives. He has the final word. Even when things look bad, I can't take a hold of it and put it, fit it in a box. When I can't fit it in a box, God, you have that final word. In Scripture, there's a, a, the phrase that speaks to that understanding of God this final word you have, what, what, is that, what does that mean? How can I understand this final word that you have? Now, each of us have situations where we feel like we have to just throw in the towel. Like, you wake up in the morning, the day is not going good, you basically want to go back to bed and put the towel over your face, right, and be like, let me just start this year, this day, this month, this life over. Just, I'm throwing in a towel. Uncle, uncle, I give up, right? Everyone's been there. Um, when the world is against you, every, every step you take, every turn you make, the world is always up against you. You hit that wall each and every time. We say to ourselves sometimes, whatever things are happening, I can't even change them. Like, even if it's all bad, I have to kind of go with it because whatever I do is not going to change the fact that it's bad. Or maybe things are so bad, how can I, in my own strength, change them? Now, as a Christ follower, we have this thing called hope. Has anyone heard hope? before? Hope. We don't have to live our lives in fear. We can live them in faith, knowing that God is in control. Every aspect of our life. So when we have those feelings of life is out of control, I'm up against the wall, it's going bad, we can anchor on to hope and knowing that God has everything under control. It's that understanding that God has the final word. It's that understanding of but God. Now, there's lots of powerful two-word phrases found in the Bible. I just pulled out a few of them for us. Phrases such as, healed up, I'm healed up, or raised up, Jesus is raised up, or how about set free, God, you set me free. Or built up. I'm built up. My faith is built up. Lots of two-phrase, two-word phrases. Now, these phrases all are in the context of the power of God. However, there is one phrase that I want to point out that's used at least 43 times in Scripture that surpasses all of them. And that phrase is, but God. Now, hear me out here. I am not talking about the phrase, but 
God. You know that whining? Who knows that whining? You've heard that from your kids a few times. But, God, I'm not talking about that phrase. I'm talking about this phrase. But, God, that is power. That communicates a tremendous message. It is God's response to Satan's challenge. It's the bottom line. It's the last word. But God is the solution to our problems. But God is the understanding of the power that's in you. Now, when God speaks, it trumps anything that we face. When the word, set, when the word sorry, let me back up here. When the world says it can't be done, but God says you can do it. When the world says it won't happen, but God says it will. The world says there's no hope, but God says I am your hope. When the world says there's no help that you can even understand, but God says, I am your help. When the world says, you're defeated. And we all have been there, right? When the world says, you're defeated, but God says, you're victorious. Now, too many times we look through things in our own eyes. And you know what usually we see through those eyes? Is only failure. It's only ways that something can't happen. We can give you all the ways things are going to fail, right? We can give you all the ways that I can't do it. Give you all the ways that nothing's going to work out. But God tells us to look and see things through the eyes of God. So it's time to put on your kingdom glasses. Everyone got your glasses? Let me tell you. Um, so I have to wear glasses. I think when I was born, my, like, I, I couldn't see anything. When I take my contacts out, I literally can see right there. It's about it. Can't see any further than that. So I have this new thing. I have, I don't, maybe it's not new, but it is to me. My left eye can see far away with my contact. And my right eye's contact can see close up. So my brain is supposed to be able to, you know, make whichever eye I need be the dominant eye. So when I'm looking at that exit sign, my left eye takes over and I can see the exit sign. And then when I need to see this piece of paper, my right eye takes over and I can read. It doesn't really work like that. <laughs> but that's how they sold it to me. <laughs> but... Here's the crazy thing. I also I have contacts, and I also have reading glasses on top of my contacts. That's not right. <laughs> right? Like, corrective lenses plus corrective lenses. Like, I'm in a world of hurt right now, right? But that's what God says to put on kingdom glasses. See it through his perspective. Change your sight. Make it clear for what he sees 
not for what you see. Now, one of the privileges that we have as moms is we get to go to all the activities, right, of our kids. So we get to go to all the sporting events. We get to go to the, to the science fairs, right? We go, get to go to all the concerts, all the different things that our kids are involved in that we love, right? <laughs> that we love. We get to go to all those things. Our house is the same way. Um, my kids wouldn't probably be involved in any sport because they couldn't get any of their stuff. It's always like, Mom, where's my glove? Mom, where's my socks? Mom, where's my jerseys? I got my away jersey and my home jersey. I need both of them at the same time. Where's my cleats? Where's my sleeve thing? I like every, where's my brain? Like, I, I can't think. I can't think. You got to tell me where it's, like, every single thing my kids need me to get to, for them. But I'm not the one playing. Why am I getting all your stuff for you? I, if you answer that question, please let me know because I don't understand it. But let's be real though, we are our kids' biggest fans, right? I was at one of Tyler's um, baseball games when he was in high school. And um, we were at the last inning of the game. Now, I know, like, just give you a little, I know about that much of football. I know about that much of baseball. So I'm going to try to impress you with my verbiage. Okay, here we go. So we were in one of Tyler's uh, baseball games. We were in the last inning. Now, he was a pitcher for a lot of his years. And for a pitcher, a mom of a pitcher, like, we sit on the edge of our seats and we're like, oh, my goodness, don't lose the game. Don't lose the game. Don't lose the game. I mean, that's just that's the, whole, the whole game. I was thinking that the whole time. So in this game, he was not pitching. So we were up, and we were losing three to four. And he was on deck, so he was waiting to get up to, to hit. And I was praying the whole time because I knew he was getting up there. And we had two outs. I mean, it was like made for a Disney movie right here. And so he gets up to bat. And the pitcher's really good. So he throws a pitch, and he gave him two balls, which are outside the strike area, okay? So it's not a strike. It's at the ball. Thank you. So he got two balls. So we're all really on the last pitch, okay? And either he could swing and a miss, and the game's over. We lose three to four. So the guy pitches the ball, and not only does he hit the ball, but it's, it's out of the the field, I don't have that terminology for you, but it's like at the fences. He hit it to the fences. So it's a home run. It's a home run. It's a home run. So the guy, there was a guy on first that he needed to get at least to tie it. So he hit the home run. So he got two, he got two um, batters. Him and another batter got in. So then they won five to four. Okay. Now, the whole, story, the whole reason for the story is there could have been two different outcomes. If he would have swung and missed, we would have lost, and the game's over. Now, from natural eyes, a, a batter was up at the, at the plate, and there was, two, there was two outs on the team, and he already had two, I mean, like, he probably, he already had two strikes is what he had. He had two strikes. 
he probably would have gotten out. It was going to be over. Like, through our own natural eyes, it was going to be over. And so you basically could get up, I'm out because I know it's going to be over, and I want to get to the parking lot before everyone else gets to the parking lot. But if you stayed, if you stayed, you would have seen two batters coming in and the game being won five to four. And then everyone's like, yeah, whoo! That was a different outcome. Um, that's kind of like with our faith. Like, we have to stay in the game for our situations. If we don't stay in the game for our situations, we miss a lot of miracles that happen, that could happen, because God wants to show up. God wants to show up and change the outcome. Sometimes we don't allow him to, because through our natural eyes, we already see the end result. Anybody been to an Eagles football game? Okay. It's Mother's Day, so you got to love me. I was going to stay the Steelers, but I don't know if you love me that much. So we'll stay with the Eagles. And so what if, you know, they're losing, and you pick up your popcorn, and you're going to the parking lot for the same reason. I'm going to get out so I can get out of Philly, and I'm eating my popcorn, and you're going to the parking lot, and what happens? You hear the cheering, you hear the fireworks going off, and you're like, what did I just miss? You missed the greatest comeback of the Philadelphia Eagles everyone saw, except you, because you didn't stay for the end of the game. Stay for the end of the game and see what God does. He does. He has the final word in our lives. Give God a chance to speak that final word, but God. Now, the scriptures are filled with so many stories of but God moments. In Genesis 8, Noah was convinced he was going to die in the ark, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. But God. Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, essentially left for dead. When they learned that he was not only alive, but now he leaves Egypt, they assumed that they would be put to death. But in Genesis 50, 20, this is what it says. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. See, but God, what it's intended for, but God does it. The sale of Joseph as a slave was meant for harm by his brothers. But see, here's the thing. The end result, when the but God intervened, the end result was that Joseph became prime minister of Egypt, reunited with his family, saving their lives. Joseph endured many, many bad things, but God stepped in. And David experienced these but God moments as well. He wrote in Psalms 23, uh, 73, 26, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. David saw the but God moments 
Now, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you also have had a but God moment. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God intervened in your life. He stepped in. He is the final word for us. Just like Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, there it is again, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. But God, what are the but God stories in your life? So many times the enemy throws things our way. Things that are made for us to stop trusting God. Things that are meant to make us start feeling sorry for ourselves. Things that are meant for us to give up on life. But God can take us through all those situations and we become stronger in him. It's those but God moments that remind us of who God really is. They also remind us of who we are in him, that we're his. That's why we need to hold on to the end of the game. You don't want to look back and go, oh, Man, I miss that. Wait until the end of the game when God steps in. We need to understand that no matter what we may go through, no matter how bad things get, no matter how much the enemy may attack us, always remember, it may look dark, but God has that final word. I want us to kind of Keep that in the back of our heads. But God has the final word. When God steps in, miracles happen. When God steps in, miracles happen. See, God can use the bad things in your life for good if you trust him, if you open up and allow him to step in. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Everything that happens, there's a reason. Now, sometimes timing isn't what we want. Sometimes it's not how we would go about it. I mean, come on, God. But when God steps in, miracles happen. He works everything out. He does. In Romans 10, 11, it says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Another translation says this, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. There's nothing that you can go through when you allow God to be beside you that you'll be disappointed in. Believe in him. Allow but God moments in your life and you will not be disappointed. 
Now, one of the main ways that the enemy likes to mess with you and get you to doubt God, doubting God that he's even able or he wants to intervene in your life, he wants to do amazing things in your life. One of those ways is he likes to isolate us. Now, this isn't just moms. We're talking about dads, cousins, uncles, nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, grandmas. We're talking everyone. When the enemy is able to mess with your understanding of who God is for you by isolating you, separating from your family, your loved ones, those people that want to support you. Maybe it sounds like this in your head. You aren't really enough to deal with this problem. But God says together we are more than enough. The enemy might be saying, hide your problems. No one wants to deal with them with you. But God says, I can deal with your issues. I am, I am. Satan says, sickness will follow you. Sickness is all upon you. But God says, by my stripes, you are healed. And the, Satan says, I have your children. I have a hook in them. They are far away from you. But God says, train up your child in the ways he should go, and they will not depart. God has your children. Amen? Amen. God has your children. The enemy says, you are alone. You're isolated. You're desolate. You are alone. But God says, you are never alone. I am with you to the end of age. I am always with you. But God, allow those but God moments into your life. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Those things that were just listed, don't allow that into your heart, your spirit, your mind. Allow God to step in. And don't ever, ever forget that God has the final word. Always see things from God's perspective. Again, put on those kingdom glasses. Change your perspective. Remind yourself of who God is. Remind yourself that God wants to step in to your situation. The key is to see things from the Father's eyes. Now, the enemy wants to always drop things into your heart and try to kind of create a root of bitterness or a root into your heart. Here are some things that you can counter, counteract him, combat the enemy with. The enemy says defeat, but God says victory. The enemy says disease, but God says healing. The enemy says hate, but God says love. The enemy says destruction, but God says restoration. 
The enemy says division, but God says unity. The enemy says abandonment, but God says redemption. These are things of but God moments. Allow yourself to have these moments with God. Now, I know we're rah-rah on here because we got, you know, God can step in and he can make miracles happen. He can move in your life and he can move in your situation. But there is one other side to this. We do have an amazing God who will always step into situations. But God also allows us to go through things, right? Sometimes God speaks into situations quickly and immediately, and we see those results. But then there's other times that we don't know what God is doing. We don't understand his plan. We don't understand his timing. We don't actually even like his timing or his plan. What's going on, God? And then we have to walk in faith, believing that those but God moments are going to happen. In faith, we have to know that God will step in. In faith, we have to know who my God is. Now, some of you know, some of you don't know, but my mother was um, diagnosed with um, dementia about five to six years ago. And this hit home for me because if I'm saying, but God, by your stripes, my mom is healed, she's not. My mother... um, we would put post-it notes on everything in her house, um, lights, um, sink, door, oven, stove, anything. There was post-it notes all over the house. And then it got to the point she declined, and she couldn't live by herself. So she moved in with my sister. My sister's a nurse. And she's a caretaker. And so she lived with my sister for about one year, um, and she declined more. And then my sister had the nerve to decide she wanted to move to Florida. Who thinks that? And she took my mom with her to move to Florida. And my mom um, went down a little bit more. And my mom currently is in a memory care facility. Like I said, about five or six years. She declined very fast. Um, And so when I'm in the midst of this, the frustration the sadness, the anger, the confusion, the doubt. God, where are you in my situation? One of the things um, I wanted, my mom right now um, kind of just babbles. She doesn't have um, any sentences that she puts together. When she lived in Pittsburgh, I would fly in, and of course, I was the fun daughter. Now, she knows that I'm connected somehow to her. She knows she's safe with um, us, but she doesn't know me. She will tell you that she doesn't have any kids. Um, But I was the fun daughter in my eyes. So I would fly in and I would take her shopping. I would take her to all the places she grew up, all the fun day things, you know. And I did this for a few times. I would fly in and then I noticed my mom wouldn't say my name. And so for 
the last three and a half, four years, I have not heard my mom say my name. And for a daughter, you don't know what you don't know until you lose it, and then you're like, oh, shoot. I. So for someone, like, you're just, when you hear your name, it's just you take that for granted. And I haven't heard my mom say my name in, like I said, three and a half, four years. And so at this time, you know, I was flying home, and I remember saying, God, I would love to hear my mom say my name one more time. When you don't have it, it's an eerie feeling. You're like, I, my mom hasn't said my, I mean, it's, it is, it's hard. So I'm driving with my mom, we're shopping, it's one of my favorite things to do with her, we're shopping, and we're at a red light. And like I said, at that point, my mom couldn't connect any sentences, and she, and I remember this clear as, as a bell. She looked at me, and she said, Robin. That's it. Light turned green, and we went and kept going. She did not have a conversation with me. She didn't say, hey, I like your boots. Nice outfit. Why'd you get your hair cut? You're not eating enough. You're eating too much. She didn't say any of that. She just said, Robin. And I was like, <gasps> and like, I will always remember that. Um, so now we're here, and my mom really just babbles. I had a FaceTime with her yesterday, and she doesn't know me, and she doesn't, doesn't say my name. <laughs> but at that point, God, I need you. And God is sustaining me. So when you're in the times of your life, in situations that the but God moment has not arrived, the but God moment is not the victorious chant that I'm, I'm having a but God sustain me. But God, be the lover of my soul when my mom doesn't say my name. When my mom doesn't know she's had me. But God, sustain me. And you know what? He sustains me. So I can still walk in the but God moments because it's but God, my God. But God, you love me. Those are the moments that I live for. And so I just want to challenge us today. You might be in a situation that you can say, hey, I'm, I'm screaming out, but God, and God is not stepping in. And I can tell you by personal experience, God's always there. He's always sustaining you. So if you haven't had a but God victorious, you can step into a but God, you're sustaining me. And so I just want to leave you with that, that today you might be facing that impossible situation you might be working through something in your life that is just unimaginable. And you need that but God moment. You need that, that thing to rise up within you and say, but my God heals me. My God steps into my situation. And maybe you need to kind of shift your perspective so that it's not... God in, you know, whining. 
but God. It's more of, but God, you love me. And in this situation, I know that you're going to step in and my miracle's going to happen. Because you certainly don't want to be eating your popcorn going to the parking lot and then turning around and being like, the fireworks are going off. You want to be in it. Be in it. Allow God to rise up within you a but God moment. Let's bow our heads. So, Father God, Lord, I thank you for who you are in our lives. Lord, I pray in, in this room, in moments, in situations, that, Lord, you remind us that you have the final word. Lord, that in our situation, we, we might have to remind ourselves that there is a but God. And Lord, that excites us. Lord, that gives us peace, a confidence, Lord, that we can continue because but God says. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, so for today, Lord, I pray that if there is a moment in our hearts that we need to adjust our thinking, our mindset, that you are more than enough. Lord, that you sustain us. When we haven't seen a but God, you sustain us. Thank you. In your son's holy and precious name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.